Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Life Church. Glad that you guys are here. Um, some of you here for the first time. I'm, I'm glad that you joined us. Um, we hope and we always pray that the service is a blessing to you and that, that you leave here um, with the, the thing that you can say that God spoke to me today. It wasn't just something that I attended. Um, I, something moved on the inside of me. Uh, that's our, our heart. Um, information is, is valuable, but God himself is way more valuable. So, so we truly hope that he's going to speak to you today. Um, we are finishing off our series called uh, The Trinity, The Father, The Son, and Who. Uh, and by now we have discovered that the the third person of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said that I'm leaving you, but I'm leaving you a helper. Um, and it's more beneficial for you that I go, because if I do not go, he will not come. So, so now that we have the helper with us, we've discovered so many things about him. Uh, if you didn't listen to the other uh, messages, I encourage you to do that. Because I really believe that it's foundational for us as believers, uh, for us to be different in this world. There is such a comparison to me where we are today as Christians, and uh, to where the early church was. Because it was a whole brand new message that they started preaching to the world regarding Jesus. And they couldn't do it on their own. They, they need, needed God inside of them to make sure that the words they use and their lives that they live, was, it should have been powerful. So that other people would look at them and go, there's something different about you. And I feel that the church and the world that we are living in today, again, it needs believers in the same capacity as it was when the church started. The church is, it's not growing worldwide. Um, in Canada, we, we'll, we'll get into it next week. Our, our series that, that we're stepping into for November is called God's Alarm Clocks Going Off. Um, and it is to wake us up. He's awake, uh, but it's to wake us up. And as believers, I just feel without the Holy Spirit, you, you can't do it. Because if you do it in your own strength, you're going to have to continue in your own strength. But when you do it in Him, He's the one that sustains. So um, I encourage you to go listen to those messages. Come back next week. I really feel it's, it's a series that's relevant for us uh, for this time. Now, uh, my brother told me a story when I was in South Africa. There, there's quite a few South Africans here now, um, and, and not all of them are on staff yet. Um, <laughs> I, I use the word yet, as, as you heard. Um, but the guys will all know, when, when we grew up, we were, uh, there was compulsory medical, uh, not medical, military service. Two years. Every, every boy had to go to, to the army for two years. Um, it was compulsory. You had no choice about it. Um, when I was in grade 12, they changed it to saying that for the next year, if you go and study, you don't have to go to, into the military. So I just missed it. But my brother didn't. My brother was in the military for two years. And it's fantastic because it teaches young men to grow up. It teaches them discipline. Um, they're leaving the house for the first time on their own when mommy and the, the servants did everything. And now for the first time, they have to do everything themselves. And not just that, they have to man up and actually defend a country. 
So it, it was an amazing thing for our country. I can look at the lives of the guys that are here, and I look at their character, and I know how much of, of that growing up happened during that time. But my brother told me about uh, a story when, when he uh, was drafted his first year, and they were all at the, the orientation ground where they met for the first time. And he said a guy showed up that had no arms. And he said, I don't understand why I have to serve in the army. He said, look, I can't function. I, have, I don't have any arms. Like, well, what am I going to do? And they said to him, listen, it's the law. That's how it was in South Africa. They don't care. No arms, no legs. We don't care. <laughs> they just didn't. Uh, you, you have to serve. And he was thinking, what use can I be? What on earth am I going to do in the army? So during basic training, he could do the running um, and some of the other stuff. But the commander, the instructor, told him, listen, and spoke to the guy with no arms. He said, you see the guy up on the hill pumping water. I want you to go to him. He's pumping water in a bucket. And I want you to tell him when the bucket is full because he's blind. He says, you can see, you can be his eyes. He can be your arms in pumping the water. And we'll get somebody else to carry it down the hill. No matter how insignificant, no matter how, what you don't have, what you think you can't do, you've got something for all of us. You play a role in the body. Now, of course, this is a message that the church has preached for many years, trying to encourage people to, to get involved. And in the past, my thinking has always been because lots of hands make little work. And, you know, one of, what's that saying? Many hands make what? Yeah, make somebody else the boss. Um, that's really what, what it means. As many hands causes somebody else to tell other people what to do. And that's kind of always been my thought. You want me to serve so that you don't have to do it and you can get other people to do the work. And the reality is that's many of our thinking it towards serving is that. That, that we, we want you to volunteer, to be involved with the kids' ministry, to, to be involved with setup, with our Love People campaign, with our women's ministry, with, with the, our sound and tech and online. Because, um, listen, it's really because we need you to take some of the work off our hands. And the reality, it is not. Even though you are doing work, it is because you are adding to the body. It's a mindset. It's a shift in the mind that has to take place. There, there's another story. Uh, about a man who had a dream. He broke his left hand. Um, and one night he couldn't sleep and he imagined a dialogue between his right hand and his left hand. I'm not going to do the puppets, but, but this is what it would look like if you had two hands. And the right hand said to the left hand, listen, you know what? You're not missed at all. The rest of the body, everybody's kind of glad that we broke you and not me. Because you're not that important. And the right hand said, you know, when, when my owner has to write a letter, which hand do you think he uses? And this is not for all the left-handed people. And the left hand said to him, yes, but who holds the paper that, that you write on? And, and the right hand said, okay, yeah, but, but when 
I'm hammering in a nail. He doesn't use the left hand. He uses me. He said, yeah, but who holds the nail? He says, when you're walking down the street and you see, you see somebody, he doesn't stick out his left hand to greet people. It's his right hand. He says, yeah, but who holds the briefcase or in today's world, the cell phone, right? Who's holding? He said, if you want to take money out of your wallet, you need me to hold it. And the reality is for us in the church, even though you might feel you're, you are not worth as much as the person that might be able to sing well or play guitar or drummers are extremely valuable in church. <laughs> the ones that can drum. <laughs> Very valuable. But you, you know, you might feel, listen, I feel insignificant with my gift, but the reality is every single one of us have a role to play in this body. And for the body to function properly, we need you. We need you with your gifts, no arms, no legs, can't see, whatever it might be. There's an amazing scripture in Romans 12. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, um, which translates as, this is the smartest thing you can do, which is your reasonable service. This is the smartest thing you can do is to present your bodies. He says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, do not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one, there it is again, to each and every single one of us, you are not excluded. There's not a person that excluded from this. A measure of faith. And that measure is the same given to every single one of us. It's not that, that Pat has more faith than Leanna has. They received the same amount. The Holy Spirit didn't go, okay, you know what? Males, you are going to get this amount. And females, you get that amount. Children, you're going to get this amount. Uh, elderly, you're going to have this much. No, it's a measure of faith given to all of us. Same amount. I've given you a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Remember we said the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what? It says the, the Spirit of God baptizes us into the body, which means you are no longer Jew or Italian or French or Canadian, or American, or um, slave, or free, or owner, or whatever it might be. All of us have been baptized into the body of Christ. We are all brothers and sisters in this body. So every single one of you individually have been baptized into the body, which is Christ's body. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. I almost want to say, for God's sake, for this world's sake, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it for our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, liberty, Liberality, there we go. Thank you, Jane. He who leads with diligence. 
He who sows mercy with cheerfulness. I want to say, say these again. If, if prophecy, now, now the he here, um, <laughs> this is not, this is actually the only place where we can be gender neutral. The translation more accurately would be the one where we can now use they, them, or they. This is, the, this is not he, female, he, he, male. This is he, person. Oh, Canada. What is the person thing that goes in there? Or peoples. All of us. It's no, it's no gender in this. He, who. This is you. Okay? So, you. Let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. You who teach in teaching, you who exhorts in exhortation, you who give with liberality, you who lead with diligence, you who show mercy with cheerfulness. The whole context here is us being used with our bodies, our physical body. As a vessel of God for the body and for the world. But the primary key is for the benefit of all. You don't, you don't use your gifts for the benefit of you. So that I can have a better platform. Be, be revered and looked at and honored. No, it's for the benefit of others that we want to function in our gifts. In Corinthians, we've spoken about this. Corinthians 12, Corinthians 13, and 14. They are one message. 12, he starts talking about the gifts. 13, he speaks the message of love. 14, he talks about the gifts again. The reason is all the gifts have to be used with the mind for the profit of all, out of love. So when you do use your gifts, it's because you love others. That's why I want to function in the gifts that God has given me. That's why you should want to function in the gifts that God has given you. Because it shows your love for others. Man, that is a significant word. Your gifts... Show your love for others. So, so on Wednesday night, um, on Tuesday, um, on Wednesday in the day, I got a message from a pastor friend of ours. His, his daughter had a brain tumor, and they removed it, and they had good news about it. Um, and they said it, it seems like the tumor is, is it's not a, a serious kind of cancer. It's not spreading. They feel that it's isolated, and they got it all. Then on Wednesday, he um, contacted me and said, um, listen, no, the, the tumor they have now said, they think it might be an aggressive tumor and it might have spread to the rest of the body. They're going to do some tests. So, 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 and now please, hear me. I'm saying this in humility because I want to be used by, by God. So Wednesday morning, the, this was in the day, so that night, so Thursday morning, two o'clock, I wake up. And I'm like, what is going on? Why am I awake at 2 in the morning? I sleep really well. I do not have problems with sleeping. And I'm awaking, awoken 2 o'clock in the morning, and, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, God, what's going on? Like, why am I awake? And he said, I want you to pray now. Now, I want you to pray. And for an hour, I felt that God is calling me to intercede for his daughter specifically. So I'm praying for his daughter, and, and I'm praying 
the, the thoughts of thinking your 19-year-old daughter could pass. Yes, and God gave me this compassion for her. And I'm praying and I'm crying in bed at the same time. Um, but I also know that God is telling me, I'm not praying because I'm, I'm praying because uh, she's defeated. I'm not praying because I'm mourning for his loss. I have this compassion. I honestly felt God's love for his daughter during the night. Now, I could turn around and go, oh, that's nothing. I'm just going to forget about it. But I really feel that's the love that God tells us that we should have for people. It's, it's not just to ignore it, not just to turn around and go, oh, I'm just going gonna, gonna to ignore it, God. I'm not going to listen to what you're calling me to right now. I want to respond to it because I feel that God calls us to work in the gifts because of the love that he's placed inside of us for his people. So there was a second part of it. I felt that God gave me a word that I had to give to him. First, I ignored it, um, and eventually, um, two days later, I responded to it. So, so there, there are steps that we have to take in our love and our obedience. Um, and, and I really believe that we're going to hear God's testimony about this. Now, for many of us, the whole context of the gifts is you are to be used for the benefit of the body. But it has to flow out of love and care for people around you. You care what God has to say about them. You care about this word that you've received. You care about what's going on in their lives. Now the question is, how do I help the body? For all of you here, how can you be useful for the body? The best way is, is to say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me every single day. Every morning when I wake up, when I'm driving in the car, at night before I go to bed, I'm saying, Holy Spirit, wherever I allow the world to come in and fill me, I want you to fill me rather than the world. I want my thoughts and the decisions that I make during the day, I want it to be, be because of I'm overflowing of you. That's how I want to touch people's lives because it's an overflowing out of me touching other people's lives. So that's how you can be used by God for the body, is by a daily, uh, the Bible says that the disciples were filled and they were filled again and they were filled again and they were filled again and filled again. And it's in the continuous tense. It does not stop. It's a continuous filling that has to happen. It's a continuing of you saying constantly, I want to be immersed in you and what you want me to do. That's how you can be used for, for the body. And the other good news is we have a helper. You have a helper. You're not alone in this. Now, this chapter in Romans, I call this the graduation chapter because he, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, brethren, that you would, and, and you have to get this. You, you have to understand that the whole of Romans, so he, I beseech you, brethren, this is like the, the graduation. I beseech you, everything that I've said up to this point, everything that I've spoken about, the therefore is for everything that's before chapter 12. He talks about being cleansed by the blood, about justification, about sanctification, about salvation. He talks about all these doctrinal things. And he says, because of all those things that you have already received. Because you've already received the grace of God. You are already saved. Now I beseech you, because, because of God's mercy that's been poured into your life, and out of that thankfulness, now I beseech you to live your lives differently with the mind that I want to be used for the rest of the body because you've blessed me already so much. 
God's been merciful to me. God's been gracious to me. I see the evidence of your goodness. Oh, how good is that song? I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life. He says, I beseech you. Um, he says, I beseech you that you will present your bodies. Now, the word present there is a very technical term um, that was used there. It's a technical term referring to a Levitical sacrifice system that they had. So in the Old Testament, what they would do is they would bring a dead animal. Uh, and it's not like r roadkill, <laughs> like one you picked up along the road. No, it's, it's one that they would either pay for, comes out of their own flock, one that they've raised. And you will bring an animal in your hands to the priest. Um, it will be slain, and then its blood will atone for your sin. So, so that's how it worked in the Old Testament. The animal was presented dead. It's like, here it is. But this word, what it means for us is, I beseech you, brethren, that you present. That is the same word used in Levitical order. I beseech that you come to God saying, here is my dead body. Use it in any way you want. It is not, I beseech that I present my body, um, you know, it's half alive, half dead. God, I, no, it's God, I want you to have full control over my life. Lord, my body is yours to use. I want to spend and be spent for your kingdom. I want to be used. My body belongs to you once and for all. Oftentimes we have this in reverse. We, we do it backwards. Lord, I want to be used by you. However, I would like to know where you're going to call me. Before I totally surrender to you, because you might send me to a place I don't want to go. And you might ask me to do something I don't want to do. You might ask me to say something I don't want to say, and I am scared. But if you tell me where we go, and if I am in agreement, my body is yours. And that's backwards. We have to come with no conditions, no strings attached, no... No plot that we set up before God. God, you know, I'm going to lay it out for you. And if you can do things based on that, I'm all yours. No, I surrender to you completely. Now, I'm going to call up a few people. Um, and uh, they're going to come sit on these chairs. And the reason um, I'm calling them up is because I want you to understand that your gift is unique. Your gift is, is it's God knows when he made you exactly what he's placed inside of you, and it is yours. It is a unique gift that he wants you to use for the, for the body. It's like a snow, snowflake. It's, it's different from anyone else. Don't pattern yourself after anybody else. Pattern after the way that God wants you to be patented. Do not be conformed to this world, but be changed. Totally transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And in this verse, uh, he's saying to us, listen, do not be conformed to think that you have to function like the other pastor functions or the other preacher or the other guy that you might have seen. No, God wants to use you. Now, we have biblical foundation for everything that we're going to do because without the word, we don't have foundation. He's not going to use you to do things outside of the word. I want you to know that very clear. God does not break his own word. But, but your method 
and who you are and your character and your personality and your accent and your, your tears. Yeah, I'm saying your accents because all of you have them except the South African people. And your tears and, and your laughter and your joy and your excitement and your bubbly personality and, and your, your knowledge and your information, all of those things, it's very specific to you. And God wants to use those things because he's placed them in you. Okay, so, so Gerard, um, um, Gerard is how they say it in, in Canada. Most people struggle with Gerard. Sean calls him. <laughs> um, Jay and Melissa, Mark, Gail, Mark, um, Maureen. Yeah, please, yeah, grab a seat. It's musical chairs. Okay, Bish, you ready with the music? Okay, there's six seats. One of you will be eliminated in the finale. <laughs> now, now, these are just people in our body. Now, I want, to, want you to know, I can bring up um, ten groups of seven very easily in this church of people who are functioning in gifts. In their gift to the capacity where it's not like Irmi and I made a list. And I said to you, it's, you know what I love about this church is it's not hard for me to try and figure out who of them are filled with God's Spirit. And when people look at them, the gifts are obvious. It's not like, oh, that person, man, I'm going to have to dig deep. There's like no, nothing is on this. No, all of them, the giftings are so obvious. But the other part of it also is they are so normal. It's not supposed to draw laughter. <laughs> Every single one of them work in the workplace. They're out there in the world. They're not strange. They're not weird. They, they're not, but they have an incredible relationship with God. They love people. And they function in gifting. They are, they are blessing people. Um, so we're going to talk. Um, I'm just going to name a few, a few of the gifts. And each one of them. Um, I'm going to give them opportunity to testify about that gift and how they've seen somebody else's life transformed or a word that they've given or something, uh, how people are, are touched by it. And we're going to start, start with <laughs> We'll start with Gerard. Okay. Now, now if, if you know him, um, you will know that I, what I'm saying, you'll know, yeah, that's the truth. Functions in the gift of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. As, but... I want to say this again. It's not just that you're going to function. It's some function in one, some function in two, some function in many. Herod has many gifts that he's blessed people in. But I have seen and heard testimony of how he's given a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, and somebody's life is transformed. So, so Herod, can you give us just an example of something that's happened in your life where... Yeah, uh, a friend of mine that studied with me in South Africa, he always used to say to me, I'm just like a television. I'm dead. There's nothing exciting in my life. So I said to him, Johan, let's pray because God gave everybody a something. You, everybody gets something. And he is an orthodontist and his wife is an anesthesiologist. And I said to him, I prayed with him and I said to him, no, you believe a lie. God's showing you believe a lie, but God is telling you 
and your wife to go and give your gifts to the mercy ships. I don't know if you're familiar with the mercy ships. And he said, okay. So we prayed in his lounge. We were all three down on our knees. We prayed. Because they had everything in life. Uh, and the, actually, the, the conversation started where they were bored. Because what, what's the next thing? And I said, but you use your gifts. So they went on the mercy ship. And I said to him, as soon as you will arrive on that ship that night, the Holy Spirit will give you a dream on what are you going to do. And he, I will never forget this. <laughs> When he came back, he phoned me. He said, Gerard, guess what happened? I said, what? He said, that night God showed me the person I'm going to do surgery on. And I removed a, 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 tumor. a tumor from 15 kilos. He said, I don't have the knowledge how to do that kind of surgery. But through this good dream, God spoke to me. And from then on, his whole practice changed from knowledge base, human knowledge base to God, what want you me to do. And if you go onto the mercy ships websites, you will find him there. Sometimes they put pictures and stuff for me. And it's right. So that's just uh, awesome. a, a word of knowledge of another person. Yeah, you want to give an example of a word of wisdom also? So, so I know uh, like y you guys used to do uh, ministry in the bars, um, but not like some of you do it. Um, <laughs> About, about the girl that that's, um, uh, you told us a story about she was sitting there, you came in and, and she said that you're not here for me. Or she, or okay, in Port Elizabeth, it's a, sit, it's a city in uh, South Africa. So a friend of mine, um, if I might just share this, he was uh, homosexual. And he came to the Lord uh, uh, on his way, having his sex changed. And so he met Jesus on his way. And he, he, he get off that uh, bed. And he went out. So the two of us, sometimes we will call it pub crawling, but it was pub crawling in a different way. So this lady behind the counter, we, we came into the bar, and I just said to her, I'm just, go I'm just going to give a different name. Let's say Tanya. I said to her, hi, Tanya. And she said to me, yes. Um, I said, you know that you received something from Jesus last night. She said, yes. And she was quoting a scripture out of the Old Testament, uh, Old Testament, and the beauty of this is because she wasn't a Christian, she was not raised in a Christian, she didn't even attend church, and she didn't, and at that very moment, God, the Holy Spirit, gave me a word of wisdom, so that I could interpret what she was reading, it was applied to her life at that very moment, that lady, if I could share the whole story, <laughs> Okay, so she accepted Jesus. People, it's wild. What I'm telling you, it's wild people. If you think of prostitution, times by 200. Then you will get to the people we were... Uh, it's, it's not about the bad things they did. It's about the beauty of God the Father reaching out to you. Mm -hmm. That's why we receive these gifts and we grow in this stuff is to give glory to our Father. That's the only reason. Okay. So I was driving back to home the one day, and, and the Lord told me, there's a guy that's hitchhiking. hitchhiking. I, I want you to pick him up. I said, no, Lord, not this guy, because South Africa is a dangerous place. Really it is. And I, I just feel that conviction. So I turned around the car. 
I, 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 I said, I, I went to the guy, said, listen, sorry, I was disobedient, but get in. And as he was entering the car, I could just see the tattoos. It was muscles like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he had a cap on, and I know this was trouble. And I, you know, I, said, I just said to the Lord, I haven't been in a fight for a long time, so you must just give me the power to, you know, if it's necessary. <laughs> and I said, just, I said to, to Jesus, I said, Jesus, so what now? What is the purpose of that? And he gave me a knowledge, and I said to him, you know, and God gave me his name, and I said to him, you know, I know you're on your way to go and do your road test. And God said to me, it's your fourth time, but today you will receive it. And the guy just sat back into his chair and he looked to me like that and he said, you know, you're speaking the same nonsense that my mother is speaking. I said, no, it's not nonsense. This is coming from Jesus and there's a calling on your life. You were in standard eight when you decided for the first time to use drugs. Is that correct? He said, yes. And he was just staring at me. I said, but don't worry. We will meet within the next 72 hours and Jesus will appear to you. So, long story short, that Wednesday night, a, a lady called me, and she said to me, can you pray with me for my son? I said, okay, I'll pray for you. And I pray with her. And I said, Teresa, the clock is on 12 o'clock. Jesus, show me the clock is on 12 o'clock. Your son is going to accept Jesus. <laughs> Great stuff. So, the next day, my phone rang. <laughs> Guess who was the son? <laughs> the guy I picked up on the road. Guess who was his girlfriend? The lady in the bar. <laughs> they are running a prison ministry in the St. Albans? Albans. Albans ministry till today. Reaching out to gangsters, reaching out to murderers, rapers that's coming to Jesus. Lives being changed but with simple words. Just, you know, if I may just say, if you have that gift and you're fearful of that thing, Take it to God. It's not for me. It's not for our glory. It's for his. Last night, a boy stayed over in our, in our, in our house. And he said to me before bed, I want to ask you a question. I said, ask me. He said, I have bad dreams. I always dream about Satan. I said, may I pray for you? He said, yes. So I prayed for him. And I gave him a word. Two weeks ago, Two weeks ago, over that young boy, life was prophesied that one day he will be a very successful businessman. And he's very busy. So I prayed with him, and, I, and, and the Lord gave me the, the word of knowledge. I spoke into his life, and my son was there, and he just smiled because he knew God is going to do something. So this morning, very early, I was into the room. I couldn't wait. And as that boy, he was under the duvet, and he came out and he said to me, Uncle Gerard, I was in heaven last night. Amen. One word, on the correct time, that boy's life is changed. I asked him, so what did you see in heaven? He said, God showed me what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a businessman, and I'm going to help poor people. And they said, which way are you going to help him? He said, God will give me that wisdom one day. And we can call him now. He will give you the same testimony that he gave me this morning. Amen. Amen. Now, we're switching sides. Now, now it's so important that, that I want to say that we have some of the gifts are 
prophetic and it's like life-changing and two people connected like how on earth does that happen and then we have some of the gifts which are like mercy and grace and the willingness to walk a road with people that are going through through difficult and hard times facing death that is a gift from God to be able to sustain yourself to not get into a hole with people and to carry those who are down to pick them up and to move forward So Maureen functions in this gift of helps and this gift of mercy and serving. And Maureen, will you share with us? Okay, thank you. So I wrote it down because I didn't want to mess it up or mix it up. But I did forget my glasses on the chair, so bear with me. So my name is Maureen, and I'm originally from Manitoba. Uh, Three years ago, I began a, a difficult transition. My son had passed away. The COVID pandemic added to the misery, and I was about to retire. I had come from a great church, very much like Life Church here. I had a strong relationship with Jesus, and he helped me through those tough times. But I prayed for a fresh start. My prayer sounded something like this. God, I want to move to BC and be near my daughter. Help me to find a nice home, find a great church, and find my purpose for God. Well, all that happened in that order. I settled into Ladner nicely. The first Sunday, I watched the service online. I got to check this out. Hey, this pastor is pretty good. So the next Sunday, I made my way to the Life Church. But shy as I was, I wanted to quietly watch the service from the back and sneak out when when it was over. But that didn't happen. A nice lady said to me, hey, you, you're new here. My name is Roseanne. Welcome to Life Church. Little did I know, I met a lifelong friend and found my God's purpose. A few months later, my friend found out that her cancer had returned and she had no family that lived nearby who could help her. So I began to be a friend, but a loving servant. We are still on our journey together and God is our co-pilot. God has shown me his purpose. He has provided me the strength to endure and the good guidance of the Holy Spirit. And he continues to help me to keep and maintain my joy and peace. I do not do this gift or boast about my gift, but I do it to please the Lord. To God be all the glory. Amen. Mark. Thank you, Maureen. And I want to say there are many of our people here. I mean, Barb and Van, you guys are so amazing in that gift also. Um, the way you just come around people, it is beautiful to see. It's, it's not everybody is called to the same gift. And we have to be willing to say, God, whatever my gift is, I want to find, because like I said, left hand can't go without right hand. We need them in the body. Mark. Mark is, um, when we started the church, Mark was here basically from day one. And Mark's been our associate pastor in the church, and he really functions in the gift of, of the prophetic. Um, and Mark was ahead. I'll just talk about Mark quickly. Um, ahead. In our first few years, God, Mark said to us, listen, I see a church with no walls. Like a church with no That's stuck with me for so many years. And then the moment when COVID hit, now six weeks before COVID hit, 
Um, I was spending time with God, and God said to me, listen, I want you to, to do your online ministry really well. Um, get the executive team, um, present to them that we want to upgrade our online ministry. Tell them what you need. I took it to the executive team. They approved. We bought cameras. We bought sound. I said to Bish, Bish, I just feel that God said we have to be ready to present online the church really well. So Bish bought the equipment we needed, practiced on it for six weeks. The week before COVID hit, he said to me, you know what? We're ready to go online. So then COVID happens, two years. And God brings this word back to me. Remember Mark's word of telling you, I see a church with no walls. This is what I was talking about. You are influencing the world outside of these walls that you are seeing. We currently have, Stacy, if I say a hundred and something thousand people that we are influencing online um, per month from this little church. That's God's vision for his body. That was a prophetic word. Can you remember the word? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I I wrote mine down as well. And uh, because... um, most prophetic people just ramble, right? <laughs> so um, it's all good. But I, for your sake, um, Andreas asked me to talk about prophecy. And uh, I, this word that I got was a couple of churches ago. So um, in a dream, I was shown God's plan and what was specifically going to happen in our church. This was a few years ago in a conservative evangelical church where, that I attended. There was an influential, important man sowing division in the church, trying to cover up his sinful actions from the past. I was the lay leader of the church, and I, and I spoke or prophesied the dream to my pastor and a couple elders. About two or three weeks later in this dream, uh, this dream became a reality during our Sunday morning service. Because of it, I was able to stop the deception from going out In the natural, no one knew what the truth was, but the dream gave revelation to hidden sin. It took almost a decade for that truth to come out in the natural. So from this dream, there was revelation that I prophesied to the leaders that brought understanding from God how to deal with Satan's evil plans. Amen. Thanks, Mark. Now, Mark and Gail together, I've got them here together. Um, they, they function in many gifts in, in our church. Um, I know for some of you, when you come for healing or for prayer, for, for prophetic words, for words of wisdom and knowledge, for faith, they really function as, as people who, who are so grounded in this. Um, it's, it's almost like if you are fearful, some of you would rather go to them than come to me. <laughs> Which is not always a good thing. No, it's good. It's, for me, it's so, so awesome to have them as, as people who are unwavering in their faith. They don't doubt God. Um, and when you are going through difficulty, that's who you want to stand with you. is someone who doesn't doubt God. So, so Mark, Gail, will you guys share with us? I think to, to say this, you know... Like Andreas says, we, we don't doubt God, but it's not as though that just jumped on us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's from getting into the Word, from having a relationship with God and, and years and years of just being in the Word. 
that's where that comes from. But when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, um, and, and Gail's going to share something herself with regards to the gift of faith. And again, just like any other gift, we have to be obedient to step out into it. If we don't give voice to it, it doesn't happen. God may show you something as he did with Gerard and with Mark, but unless you actually take action with it, it just stays there. And, and that's what God calls us to. And when I think about faith in our particular case, the, the one that I'm going to speak about, um, my youngest son, when, when he was uh, in his early, well, it was preteen, preteens, um, he, uh, he had an accident where he was launched into the air and bashed his head. And at the time, everything seemed to be okay, and the doctor examined him, and everything seemed to be good. But a couple of months later, he started to have seizures. And uh, we obviously took him to the doctor, and he ended up at Children's Hospital, and uh, they said, what well, you know, this is, this is a, a form of epilepsy, and um, he's, going to, uh, he's going to have to go onto medication. And they put him onto medication to, to try and uh, control the, the seizures. And uh, we, we just hated the fact that he was on the medication, not just because he was on medication, but because the medication completely dulled him down. And, and he, he just, he was a shell of himself. And... So, we brought it before God, we prayed over him repeatedly, and, and we saw absolutely no change. But then, God just brought something to rise up on the inside of us. And we said, no, this is not going to be how he spends his life. We are going to see a change come in his life because God will heal him. We don't know how, we don't know when. But we believe it, and we stood on that. And it was, what, a year or two? It was a year later that um, he had a, uh, an appointment with his neurologist at the time. And uh, he went in, and by this time, we said, you know, he's hard. We, we haven't seen seizures now for, for a couple of months, and, and we'd really like him to come off the Tegretol. And she was like, well, you know, I can't just do that. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll run a test. So they did a scan. And originally, when they had scanned, they'd found that he had some damage to his frontal lobe. And uh, so they did a scan, and she came back, and she said, we're going to have to do another scan. <laughs> did a second one, because <laughs> it was gone. No damage. She said, I can't find any, any source whatsoever. So the faith that rose up on the inside of us was supernatural. It wasn't based on our faith. We'd had faith for many other things, but we didn't have faith for that at the time. It was too close. But we stood on that because God brought that faith, but we had to act on it. We had to say, this is what we want. We don't want him on that medication. We want you to run the test. If we'd have just left it, he would have continued. So I'm going to talk about um, also a family member, my mom, in Scotland. Many years ago, we had actually just arrived in Canada. Sorry, I'm not great with the microphone technique. Is that okay? Um, so we had just arrived here, and I got a phone call from my dad to say, you have to come, mom's dying. 
you'll be lucky if you get here in time, but come anyway. So I got on the plane and I'm flying over and you know, like you take life for granted, like your heart beating. You take it for granted because it just does it. But when I'm sitting on that plane and you've got all those hours to think and ponder and you know, ask God, why is this happening? She's only 59, like she's not old. And, and I just felt like God said to me, it's not her time. Like, okay, that word. Now you take that word, God gives it. It's not her time, I'm holding on to it. It's one of those um, rhema words, right? It's alive, it goes in and it, go, it comes alive inside you. So anyways, I get to Glasgow airport and get in a cab, go right up to the hospital. So I get in and I walk through the room that she was in and the whole family is there from siblings to sisters to aunties, weeping and wailing like professional mourners. <laughs> weeping and, oh, we have to plan the funeral. Oh, she's going to die. And I went, right. And this gift just came up in me. Now, that came up because I believe, because I grew up where Braveheart grew up, William Wallace. <laughs> I walked the same ground as him, so I have fight in me. So I said, right, I want everybody out that's not going to speak faith around this bed. If you can't speak faith, you're not going to be here. Oh, so they all kind of like, you know, uh, out. So anyway, they all went out except the nurse. There was one nurse. She sat at the bed all the time. 24-7 there was a nurse because mom was expected to pass at any point. So the, the visual that I saw was this massive big woman. It was like somebody had pumped her up. Like she was just in the bed. She had a tracheostomy, like put in her throat to keep her, and these machines draining her blood. And it was like, really, we're just kind of giving her end of life treatment at this point, because, you know, the whole body was toxic. So I was like, well, mom, and she does nothing, because she's in a coma, right? She's kind of there, but not. I was like, mom, you're going to live and not die, because God said, this is not your time. So you're not going. So just make your mind up, you're not going. So I prayed and I sat beside her bed and then this story's got so many parts to it, I'm trying to keep it short, but this one part that um, I remembered that when we were in South Africa, that a, a couple, a Scottish couple had moved back to Scotland and started a ministry. So I thought, I got to go there and I got to get handkerchiefs prayed on by the leadership and just like Paul did back in the day, right? He prayed on hankies and gave it to people. So I got on the train, I trundled down to the service and we got some handkerchiefs and I brought them back and I said to the nurse now these handkerchiefs have to stay under her pillow they don't get moved and she's looking at me like you know this is a real weirdo this woman but I was like no this is this got to stay here and she's like oh okay okay so anyway so I was there for about a month nothing changed mom's still in the bed like a big blown up whale breathing through this thing blood going nothing's changed you know the vitals would go down and the one night while I was sitting there, I could smell this smell. And it was like a horrible, putrid smell. And all her vitals all just dropped. And I got on my knees and I said, no, devil, no. Not our time. Get lost. So just the next day, I was, you know, I went back up the next day and I was, I was looking at her and God said, you can go home. It's done. And I was like, Okay, what are the family going to think? Because nothing's changed. In the natural realm, nothing changed. But God said, she's healed. You can go home. So supernatural God working in the natural realm. People coming up, you know, thinking this is her gone. She's going to die. She didn't die. She lived. 
praise God. She even had a, an end of like one of those experiences where she went into this tunnel and God said to her, it's not your time. You got to go back. And she's like, oh, okay. So she came back and she was in hospital for nine months, but she lived and she, she's actually seen and nursed both of three of her sisters and her brother away. She's still here. Sometimes I say to her, Mom, is Jesus coming to get you now? Because you're 86 and you're kind of like crab it, you know? But anyway, she, um, she's still here. And uh, I just want to give all the glory to God and, and that gift of faith that came in. Yeah. To Melissa first, yeah. Um, I just have to correct. Remember I said in the beginning we have no weird people? I forgot we had one Scottish one. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Love it. Um, Melissa, so, so um, Melissa's and Jay's married. And Melissa, you've seen, uh, you've experienced the gift of the Spirit also because you are an encourager and, and one that lifts people up and strengthens people. But I, I want to speak also, I want to ask you to talk. Uh, part of, of the gifting is, is us recognizing it in somebody else. Like being willing to, like when our prayer team comes up, the reason they are our prayer team is because we've recognized the gift of faith in them. We know that they can stand with you in faith. We've also recognized the prophetic in them. They can pray God's will over you. So, so there's, we can recognize gifts in people. Now, Melissa, can, um, you can talk about kind of what you've seen, test me of you and Jay together. Um, um, I think like... What I've seen mostly is like the gift of his teaching. And when it comes to, I might cry, but when it comes to his teaching, Jay doesn't just go around and just teach anybody. He comes with love and he comes with, comes with passion and he does it with, with care and he will do it if you ask. And he won't, he won't go against what, like, where God gives us a choice. I feel like in Jay's teaching, he gives you a choice to learn. Mm -hmm. And he's so patient. Like, in my past, I actually didn't learn to read until I married Jay at 20. I could read, like, maybe fourth grade level. But he took the time in our first year of marriage to teach me in love because he loved me, and I was willing to learn. And so, like, even just with his stance in our own life, in, my, in our marriage, him as a father, he's, he's a teaching pillar. He comes with grace and with kindness, and he won't, over, he's never overbearing. And so when it comes to the gift of teaching, it's um, like he does it with, um, with God, and when God says to do it, he will. And just speaking into our lives and us knowing it makes me to be a better wife and he loves me, and so it turns respect into such grace and kindness. So I don't have to try or to force myself to love him because he chooses to love Jesus, and he pursues it with, with, um, with passion, and he teaches my children the same thing where he says, I will come in agreement with you. You pray. He doesn't just be like, i got to pray for you because you can't. He believes that everybody can and that he's willing to stand by you and teach you alongside you. So, Awesome. So just before for Jay talks, I um, want all of you to be like, not one of the people here on stage, not one of them's perfect. Maybe, maybe one. Thank you. No one. <laughs> we all 
we all have areas in our character and in our fruit of the Holy Spirit that we are all growing in. Every single one of us are still growing. But it doesn't disqualify us. You are not qualified because you are perfect. You're qualified because God's the one that's doing it. Okay, so, so keep that in mind. Don't think that there's a certain level that you have to reach to before you can start influencing people's lives. No, we all make mistakes. Jay. Wow. Um, I think I, I just want to give a brief synopsis of where I've come from to um, where I am today. Um, I got saved at five, and our whole family got saved at that time. We started going to a denominational church that taught that the gifts were of the devil. And going there for a little bit, my dad had enough sense. He didn't know the Bible that well, but he had enough sense that uh, something doesn't sound right. So we started going to a different church. It was a four-square church. Um, I was about six years old then. I got baptized in the church. And I'm at home, and we just had a teaching on being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And I'm six years old, so I'm up in my room, and I said... I want that, Lord. Six years old, kneeling down in my, <laughs> in my bedroom. No one's there, you know, saying, you know, you need to say da, 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 and all this other stuff that we've experienced. It's negative experience. I didn't have that. I asked, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit with evidence and speaking in tongues. At six years old. Um, then we started going to a Pentecostal church, and if you know old-style Pentecostal, like, you know, uh, Prophet Bob, every Sunday at 10.15, he stands up, he speaks in tongues, and he prophesies. That's what it was like. It was just like this clockwork thing, and um, even our pastor, my, my grandfather had died. He was in the hospital, and my dad called him up on his pager. He hadn't had his pager on for six months. It, he turned it on. A minute after he turned it on, he gets a message from my dad, please come to the hospital. And this Pentecostal pastor came barreling through those doors, and they said, he's been dead for 20 minutes. It's too late. He said, it's never too late. He literally threw those doors open, and with this, he had this thunderous voice, and he commanded in the name of Jesus Christ, my, my uh, grandpa would come back to life. His eyes sprung open from being dead. 20 minutes. He sat up and said, I want some food. I'm hungry. And he lived another nine, 10 years after that. Different man altogether. So, uh, and also I've, I've been in part of ministry, international ministries where people have, you know, the, uh, a platform for one gift and they're building their ministries on that really bad character. But, you know, so I, I've seen and, and being part of ministries where seven days a week, revival meetings. That's what they called it. Every day, revival meetings. And I'm telling you, I've seen it all. So, you know, if anyone could have a displeasure or distaste in the gifts of the Spirit, I'm probably a candidate for that. But what it did is it drove me into the Word of God to know and to find out. What, because I, I, I experienced the Holy Spirit at such a young age, I knew the gifts were real because it was happening to me. And no coercion by anyone else. It was the Holy Spirit and it was the Word of God. So it drove me into the Word to find out about the gifts and, and the relative, how per, pertinent, how real that they are. But 
we can only get that understanding when we're driven to the word of God to find out and have a desire to know. Paul said, and he commanded it, he said, fervently desire spiritual gifts. That was a command. And he said to, to go after those gifts fervently like you're on fire. And it's important that we have a clear understanding. And that's why it's so awesome that Pastor Andreas has been sharing on it because um, he called me the other day and we're talking and he says, people get hung up on the, on the what was it the, you said, the, the semantics? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we think, well, it's such a little thing, but we really, we need to, to reveal the slightest little things so that we can get a deeper and clearer understanding. Um, just quickly, just one uh, testimony. Uh, last year, we were doing our, our Bible study, and I'm, pre I'm preparing the message. Well, the message is uh, already on video, but I always like to afterwards just go a little, um, little deeper just to explain things and um so i'm i'm I, i'm teaching to to everyone that's there and and there was a uh an international student that my in-laws had and she just happened to show up and i'm going oh no because what i was going to teach was going in depth in to something that she vehemently disagreed with because of her lifestyle but I had prepared it, and I just like, I'm, I go, Lord, I'm just going to teach it. I'm not condemning no one, but I'm just bringing forth the truth of the word of God. And I just, I taught that, that night, and then I thought for sure she was going to walk out or at least say something. But my sister-in-law led her to the Lord that night. And I'm telling you, that girl was 100% changed. You would not believe it was the same. She, she just blossomed into this beautiful young woman. Mm -hmm. It was stag, and still, the, the, my in-laws still get contact from her, and she just loves God and just on fire for God, and it's just powerful. But we, the point being with that is we have to teach truth. Mm -hmm. We cannot think that if I teach truth, it's going to turn people away or... Uh, we have a fear of man that we, it's all in the spirit of how we bring it across. Mm -hmm. It has to be in love, but we have to speak the truth. Amen. You guys can see, and we're going to close the service. Now, um, I want you to know, in our body, I want to say again, we've got so many amazing gifts of people that are gifted here. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost impossible. For, I mean, Lani, gift of exhortation, no doubt. You encourage, you lift people up. Jeannie, gift of administration. Like she is one of the most gifted people I've ever seen in it. Gore, gift of service. Like your service shows other people your love. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. Yvonne, gift of leadership. Man, the way you raise up leaders. It's amazing. Gift of generosity. David, you can never stop giving. It's that gift that you've got. Elsie, gift of service and helps. You know, anytime we need anything, like the first person we call, Elsie. And it influences and it touches people's lives. 
there's this beauty of the gift that it's not just for you, but I can observe and see. And I can point out, I want to say for, for those of you that I know, I can almost point out to every single one of you and tell you your gift. Because it's not, I don't even have to go and dig for it. It is visible. I want you to know your gift is needed for the body. We need it. The body needs you. And the only way to function properly in that gift is by saying, Holy Spirit, you're my helper. You're the one that's doing it. I want you to use me to help other people. I want that to be our heart as a church. It's, it's not chasing the, the events and the shows. or in, It's not that. It's that every single day, wherever you go, you're bringing something into somebody else's life that changes them. That's what we call to church. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that none of us here can boast in our own ability or in our own skills or in our own um, amazing talents or any of that. It's all you, Lord. Father, it's all you. You've gifted us your Holy Spirit, to live in us so that we can influence and touch other people's lives so that your kingdom will advance, so that they can also learn how much you love them. And Father, I just pray that every single heart here will be open to say, show me how you want to use me, Lord. Fill me, Holy Spirit, so that I can be used for your kingdom. I actually want to do that now. Where you are sitting, just close your eyes. And if you are open to it, just, you, know, you can just open up your hands and say, Father God, I'm open to receive your gift that you have for me so that I can make a difference in the lives of others. Thank you, Lord, that you say that you are a good father and that you won't give us anything to harm us or to damage us. That every good gift comes from you. So Father, this morning we receive our good gift that we can use for your body. In Jesus Christ's wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now I want to encourage you. Our prayer team is going to be at the front here. If there's any of you who feel, listen, you want somebody to pray with you or to pray over you, come to them. Allow them to stand with you in faith and to pray for you. And I just want to say, you know, some of us, man, the gifts that you have, they've been dormant. It's like out of past hurt experiences, you've shut them down. God is saying today is the day you open them up. Use it for his kingdom again. Today is the day where the past is no longer going to hold you back. But you're going to move forward because you are responding to God's call on your life. And no longer are going to allow the devil to use past hurts to hold you back. No longer. Today is a change. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.